the sermons that are the funnest, I know that's not a word, but it should be. The sermons that are the, the, the funnest to prepare and to preach are those where I get to, I get to say, we're, we're more than conquerors. We, we win in the end. And we get to look at the passages of joy and power and strength, and, 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 and that's the fun stuff. But this morning, this morning, I, I sense a need to draw our attention to one of the most disturbing and haunting phrases in all of Scripture. That disturbing and haunting phrase is found in 2 Samuel, beginning in chapter 13. We're going to read through the first few verses, and then I'm going to summarize the rest of the chapter so we don't have to read the whole chapter. But look with me in 2 Samuel chapter 13. We begin at verse 1. Now Absalom, David's son, had a beautiful sister whose name was Tamar. And after a time, Amnon, David's son, loved her. We're only one verse in, and you can already tell there's a problem, huh? Absalom is David's son. Absalom has a sister whose name is Tamar. They have, David is their father. They have the same mother. Remember, David had many wives, and he had different children with many or most or perhaps all of those wives. So Absalom and Tamar are full brother and sister, same mama, same daddy. But over here is Amnon. Amnon is David's firstborn, but he's got a different mother than the other two in the story. He is their half-brother. And so it says in verse 2 that Amnon was so tormented that he made himself ill because of his sister Tamar. At the end of verse 1, it said he loved her, and we get the, the hint, the suggestion that that is not brother-sister kind of love. And that hint is confirmed in verse 2 when it says he was tormented over his love for her. It says in the middle of verse 2, she was a virgin, and it seemed impossible to Amnon to do anything to her. That sounds so odd to us. And the reason it sounds odd is because we're not living where and when they lived. In the time and in the palace in which they lived, young women who were virgins were kept away from everyone else. They had their own living quarters. And they were separated from all the males until daddy decided it was time to give that young lady in marriage to someone. And so the fact that she was a virgin meant that she was over yonder in that room and Amnon couldn't get to her. 
And so he worked this up in his mind. And he began to obsess on his half-sister. And it said that it tormented him in verse 2. And then look at verse 3. But Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, the son of Shimeah, David's brother. And Jonadab was a very crafty man. And he said to him, O son of the king, why are you so haggard morning after morning? Will you not tell me? Amnon said to him, I love Tamar, my brother Absalom's sister. Jonadab said to him, lie down on your bed and pretend to be ill. And when your father comes to see you, say to him, let my sister Tamar come and give me bread to eat and prepare the food in my sight that I may see it and eat it from her hand. So Amnon lay down pretended to be ill. And when the king came to see him, Amnon said to the king, please let my sister Tamar come and make a couple of cakes in my sight that I may eat from her hand. And the story goes on to say that David agreed with the request, did indeed send Tamar in to help feed her brother who was faking an illness. And when she entered his chamber, Amnon took advantage of her violently. All the while she is pleading for him to stop and reasoning with him. He ignores all of that. And then because she was to him nothing but a thing, once he was through with his thing, he threw it away. He said, get her out of here. I don't want to see her anymore. And what he did in that moment sentenced her to a life alone because she was no longer a virgin and could no longer be given in marriage. And the one with whom she had spent that time now rejected her completely. And she had no one else, nowhere else to go. Not being able to go back to the place where the virgins lived, she went to live with her brother, Absalom. Absalom said, as soon as he saw her, he said, I know what that dirty scoundrel did to you. He did this, didn't he? Absalom then got so angry with his half-brother Amnon that he began plotting his revenge. It took two years to develop. But two years later, Absalom's servants killed Amnon for what he did to Tamar. After he kills Amnon, Absalom now realizes he has killed the king's firstborn. And and King David is not going to be happy with him. So Absalom runs and leaves and becomes rebellious against King David and that leads to a tremendous and horrible civil war in which eventually Absalom dies. As we we 
review the story, and as I read to you the first six verses, did you catch the phrase that is so disturbing and so haunting? You see in verse 3, but Amnon had a friend. This morning, I want to encourage us to learn from Amnon's folly. And there are two lessons that we need to learn from Amnon's folly. The first one, choose your friends carefully. Verse 3 says five words. After the first time I ever heard those five words, they have stuck in my brain. And I've never been able to escape the warning in those five words. But Amnon had a friend. Amnon had a name. The word Amnon means faithful. Can you believe it? The word Amnon means faithful. But he didn't live up to his name because Amnon had a friend. Amnon had a father. His father was King David, the king. This king who had already lived life so hard and so fast that he had made some of the very same kinds of mistakes and very well could have advised his son had his son gone to dad and said, Dad, I need help. Amnon could have received worthy advice from the man the Bible says by now was a man after God's own heart. But Amnon had a friend. Amnon had a sister. He could have and should have loved her and protected her. He could have and should have defended her. But Amnon had a friend. Amnon had a conscience. Did you notice there around, I think it was verse 2, he was tormented? He couldn't sleep at night. That's why, that's why his friend says, hey, man, you, every morning you look awful. How come that is? He said, because I'm not sleeping at night. I'm tossing and turning because I'm, I'm wrestling over this thing. He had a conscience that was trying, that was screaming. Jiminy Cricket was working overtime. He was saying, let your conscience be your guide. Listen, son, don't do this. And, and Amnon had a conscience. But Amnon had a friend. Amnon had the law by then. God had made it clear how this was supposed to work. In the law, God had said, Cursed be anyone who lies with his sister. Now look at how the, the law actually defines this. Cursed be anyone who lies with his sister, whether the daughter of his father or the daughter of his mother. In other words, it doesn't matter if it's what we call full. It doesn't matter if it's half-brother, half-sister. If she's the daughter of your daddy or the daughter of your mama, you leave her alone. It was there. He had the law. 
But Amnon had a friend. Amnon had every opportunity in life. You see, in verse 4, it said, Oh, son of the king, why are you so haggard? It's a reminder of who he is. He's, he's the son of the king of Israel. He had every opportunity in life. But Amnon had a friend. I'm not saying don't have friends. I'm saying be careful who those friends are. Amnon's friend led him down a path that ruined his life and the lives of countless others. Anybody who makes it easy for you to sin is certainly not much of a friend. Let me say that again. Anybody who makes it easy for you to sin is not your friend. In fact, by following Jonadab's advice, Amnon ended up becoming a rapist, committing incest, and getting killed. It's not, it's not that, that Amnon had friends. It's that he had a friend, this friend, the wrong friend. Choose your friends carefully. Because you are or soon will be what your friends are. You are or soon will be what your friends are. Choose them very carefully. 1 Corinthians says, do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. You are or soon will be what your friends are. Bad company ruins good morals. It changes you. In Texas, we might say you lay down with dogs, you get up with, yeah, you know. You see, the friends with whom we surround ourselves have an influence on who we are and they, they actually change us. We become them. Proverbs 12 says, One who is righteous is a guide to his neighbor, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Choose your friends carefully. You come by my house, you'll notice most of the time, not always, most of the time, the lawn is pretty well mowed. The flower beds are awful. I hate flower beds. And I tell myself I don't have time for them. I'm not home long enough to do all that work. We've got 5,000 rose bushes surrounding our house. My wife loves the roses. And all around and underneath all those rose bushes, there's weeds and grass and nasty stuff that ain't supposed to be there. Now, if I'm going to have a nice flower bed, the way that works is I choose the plants that are supposed to be there 
and then I take care of the flower bed. If and when I just kind of sit back and I get busy and I don't like the heat and I don't get out to it, then I let things happen naturally, we wind up with a flower bed full of mess. When you let your friends just happen naturally, you're going to wind up with mess. Instead, just like we go and choose the plants that we want in the flower bed, you choose the friends that you want surrounding you. It's very important that we choose our friends carefully. You see, Amnon had a friend. And because Amnon listened to his friend, Tamar was never the same. Couldn't get married, never had kids, and never got over it. Absalom was filled with anger and hatred, determined to get revenge, wound up vicariously committing murder, rebelled against his own dad, wound up being killed. David lost two sons, saw his daughter suffer the rest of his life, all because Amnon had a friend. So I say to you this morning, Choose your friends carefully. But then secondly, we can learn from Amnon's folly and we can learn to listen to wise advisors. Listen to wise advisors. That was the problem. Wasn't a problem that he had a buddy. The problem was he listened to this guy who was not wise. This guy told him what to do. Hey, Pretend you're sick. Lay down. Tell daddy you're sick. Send sister. He took his advice. He listened to a foolish advisor. Only fools ignore the advice of others. So I'm not saying don't take advice. That's not what I'm saying. Matter of fact, the Bible would jump up and slap me if I told you not to take advice. In Proverbs chapter 12 and 15, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Again, in Proverbs 19 and 20, listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. So we are to take advice, and it's important for us to do that. And, but the problem is that advice comes to us from all directions. Some of it we seek out, and some is just bombarding us all the time. There's, there's advice coming from everywhere. It is... It is vitally important that we learn to filter the advice that we're receiving. We have two filters. One is the Bible. And the second is the wisdom given to us by the Holy Spirit. As advice comes through, we need to make sure it's biblical and then we need to depend on the Holy Spirit to make us wise enough to determine if that's advice that we should receive. You have to filter it. That's what Jesus did. Jesus is hanging out with his disciples and he says, guys, I need to let you know that I'm going to go to Jerusalem and I'm going to die on a cross. And Peter said, no, Jesus, you don't have to do that. No, 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 no. You don't have to die on a cross. We'll figure out another way. And what did Jesus say to Peter? 
He turned and said, Peter, get behind me, Satan. You're a hindrance to me, for you're not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. See how Jesus filtered out the advice. He decided he was not going to take advice that was not biblical and not wise. And so he said, Peter, get behind me. Some of us need to learn that ability to say to our friend, get behind me because I'm moving forward and right now you're in my way. The advice you're giving me is not wise advice and I'm not going with it. Just because it came from a good person does not mean it is wise enough for you to follow. Another way of saying that is good people often make bad decisions because good people gave them bad advice. Just because someone is a nice person, is a good person, doesn't mean that the advice they're giving you is good advice. I've known good people who made terrible decisions that hurt a lot of people, divided the community, all because they followed the bad advice of people who didn't know what they were talking about. I've also known some people with hidden agendas and selfish motives who gave leaders bad advice and those leaders then were taken advantage of. Sometimes the leaders don't even know that they're being used by the people they turn to for advice because those advisors are nice and friendly. Some people are not qualified to give you advice because their motives are wrong. Others are not qualified because they are uninformed about important facts. Still others are not qualified because they're just not wise. They may be good people. They may be your friends. But if they lack wisdom, you can't afford to act on their advice. Proverbs 13 and 20 says, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Just because they're your friends doesn't mean the advice they're giving you is good advice. You have to filter it. Biblical truth and Holy Spirit-driven wisdom. Is what they're saying wise? Your closest advisors should be true friends who are wise. True, you got to be careful which friends you choose. Wise, you've got to make sure that you listen to wise advisors. I think what it boils down to at this point is we could paraphrase Paul by saying, I want to be a God-pleaser instead of a man-pleaser. Because you see, the trap we fall into is because I care about this person or because they're, they're nice people, I feel obligated to take their advice. When ultimately we need to rethink that and understand we're not here to please people. We're here to please God. 
And therefore, the decisions we make must be driven by what will please Him. Because one of these days, I think it's a long way off, but none of us knows. One of these days, I want to be able to hear my father say, well done. But you know, you don't get to hear well done unless you well do. It's important that we take wise advice and we only act on that which is biblical which fits with the Holy Spirit inspired wisdom within us Proverbs 15 and 31 the ear that listens to life giving reproof will dwell among the wise in other words not only do we listen to wise advice from people that are our friends, people who are close to us, sometimes we listen to wise advice from people who are telling us we're wrong. And that's hard to do. The ear that listens to life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. One of my most trusted advisors doesn't always say what I want to hear. He tells me when he thinks I'm getting off track. He'll even call my bluff when I say things that he knows I don't mean. I need that. I appreciate that. Sometimes I wish he didn't enjoy it so much, but I do appreciate it. I depend on his wisdom, not on him being nice and warm and fuzzy all the time. Because it's important to listen to wise advisors. Amnon was David's firstborn son. He should have become the king of the nation of Israel. He could have been the leader of God's chosen people. He had great potential and tremendous opportunities, but he never accomplished anything worthwhile because he died a violent death before he could take his rightful place on the throne. Instead of living a life of glory, he died a shameful death as a heartless, selfish, cruel man who betrayed his own family, raped his own sister because Amnon had a friend. Do you have a friend? What kind of people do you choose for your friends? Can you trust their advice to be biblical and wise? For your own good and for the sake of those around you, choose your friends carefully and listen to advisors who are wise. 